Well, good morning, Lakeview family and friends, and welcome to Sunday Surface. This is Pastor Keith, and on behalf of the elders and the staff, please know you are in our hearts and you're in our prayers throughout this Hurricane Ida event. You know, I remember 16 years ago gathering with about 40 people in a borrowed church building in Houston, Texas, to have church together after Hurricane Katrina. It was one of the sweetest reunions I can remember. Uh, But here we are again, scattered and without power. So I thought I could at least share a message with you by audio. Uh, Since we can't upload anything by video where I live, I don't have enough bandwidth these days. But uh, listen, first, many in the church are indebted to the care team, uh, to members that are serving us in our homes, led by Gus Mackey, Johnny Chauvin, and some other guys that have been spending every waking hour and every ounce of daylight tarping roofs uh, for members of the church. We are overwhelmed by your sacrifice and care. We're so grateful for these folks and how they serve and have a heart to lay down their lives in the middle of a time when everybody's got challenges going on. These guys are serving uh, our needs. We are so grateful. We love these folks and we want God's great blessing on them. Uh, listen, if you have a need that we can be of help with, uh, please send an email, probably sending it to Pete at lakeviewchristiancenter.com is the best thing to do. Pete at lakeviewchristiancenter.com. Uh, we may not be able to get to everyone, but we are trying to serve uh, in whatever way we can right now. Uh, and remember the prayer chain that you can access on the app or on our website to submit your prayer request and just things that you're needing right now in your life and, and also to pray for the needs of the church. Uh, let us pray. Let us believe for God to, to meet us in this hour and to bring supernatural interventions into some of the needs that we're experiencing right now. Um, you know, if, um, if you've heard from many in the church, there are impacting stories. There are stories of people staying. There are stories of folks evacuating. Stories of homes that were spared and homes that have severe damage. Uh, stories of weathering the storm and then facing daily life without power. Uh, there are heroes who have been caring for elderly family members in these conditions. Uh, listen, uh, there are job situations, there are schools, there are living arrangements, uh, there's questions about where to get gas, where to find food. The most basic of our routines have been turned upside down. Uh, so listen, if you're feeling disoriented and overwhelmed, and I know some folks are, and I know sometimes we feel like, well, we're Christians, we're not supposed to feel that way at any moment. Uh, you know, that's not really true. Matter of fact, we're going to talk a little bit from the book of Hebrews today, because God was writing a letter to people who are struggling just to keep it together. Now, remember something as you're walking through times like these. You and I exist as body, soul, and spirit. And and so you're going to feel this event in all of those categories. You're going to feel it in your body. There's going to be stress and there's going to be bodily manifestations of concern and fear and just disoriented feelings. There's going to be emotions that show up in our souls and they're going to they're going to be strong and powerful. And there's going to be temptations for us, temptations to believe the wrong things and to be filled with doubt and to create scenarios about our future that that feel hopeless and Uh, difficult and with no remedy, right? Uh, Listen, be aware that this is the time that we're walking through. Let's be sensitive to that. Get as much rest as you can. Make sure you're eating uh, well and you're taking care of yourself physically. 
Guard your emotions. Spend some time doing something besides staring at this event. Make sure you give yourself a break from some of these things. And, and, and guard your heart from temptations, especially the temptation to fear and unbelief. That's going to be a full-time battle for many of us, and that's totally understandable. So listen, if you're feeling that way, well, you can stand behind me. I'm feeling that way. I'm having my own battles in these categories as well. And I just want to share some thoughts today. It's about going to help us where we are at trust. You know, if I, maybe if I could title this message, I might title it, Not a Coincidence. Uh, I have had a number of people remind me just through texts or emails over the last several days uh, of the message, the last message that I preached before uh, this Hurricane Ida showed up. You know, I was beginning a series uh, at that time that, that the feature thoughts in that first message were about endurance. You know, the pandemic had recently returned with great force. Our lives had become interrupted and disrupted yet again. So much about our normal routines were not available to us. We were scrambling. We were rewriting our plans and our playbook. Um, You know, I I just had the Lord stirring some things in me. I was meditating back then on Hebrews chapter 10, 11, and 12. And I just felt the Lord had some things to say to us. And I titled the little series, Behind the Scenes of Difficult Times. And I just felt the Bible wanted us to see something in Hebrews 10, 11, and 12, specifically that location where God was at work behind the scenes. Yes, there were difficulties going on on the surface and in the day-to-day spaces of life. There was a lot of stuff for us to keep up with. But yet God says some things in those chapters that we might overlook, that we might not be aware of, that there's another layer of our lives going on behind the scenes. And it's full of purpose and, it, and it's so important. You know, and back then I had the idea that, that we were on the, uh, the verge of just facing the difficulties Uh, of the COVID epidemic that we've been walking through and how to manage that. I had no idea that we were getting ready to be on the verge of uh, Katrina part two. But, you know, God stirred these things in my heart. It just wouldn't go away. And I trust maybe I was looking back and feeling like as a pastor, this is what the the Lord wants to say to us, uh, a word that we have need of endurance. But God was looking forward. When he was breaking open that word and putting that in my heart, he was looking forward. He knew what was coming. He knew the days ahead that we were going to be traveling through. And those were going to be difficult days. And we were going to need to know about what's going on behind the scenes. And specifically, we were going to need help understanding our need for endurance. So I'm grateful for some of you guys are pointing that out to me that the Lord seemed to be going ahead of us and preparing us with some thoughts and some messages. Uh, Listen, I want to make sure that we are hyper aware that God is at work behind the scenes of these difficult times. Um, There's another agenda that's going on right now that might not be really easy to see as we stare at our damaged homes or our uncertain future. Um, But but let me just share some thoughts with us. I want to break open some thoughts back where we started a few weeks, a couple of weeks back in Hebrews chapter 12. So if you got a Bible... I encourage you just get it out. Just be in the moment here with us. I know this is going to go up someday on uh, sometime on Sunday, and depending on what access you have to the internet, uh, it may be a while before you get a chance to sit down. But but open up your Bible. Let's let's just be together in this moment. Let's let the Lord bring us some wise counsel 
into our souls. Uh, and I join you in listening to everything that I'm going to share because my soul needs this. Uh, I've got my own struggles just like you do uh, in this moment. So this is medicine for my soul too. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's just read the first few verses there. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Here it is. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then verse 3, just want to grab a piece of it. It says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Right, some amazing advice here, some really necessary advice for us. The word of God goes before us. It knows we're going to be in these kinds of moments. And so that we could be guarded from our hearts becoming weary, or our hearts becoming faint as we travel through this. We are to consider him who endured Jesus endured this founder and perfecter of our faith he endured the cross he despised over shame in this moment he passed through a season that was horrible and difficult and so unlike the glories that he was used to experiencing in the kingdom of heaven when he comes to earth and puts on humanity and goes to a cross on our behalf so uh, let's learn a lesson from him. Let me just introduce this because this word endurance is just scattered throughout Hebrews. It's in these sections and we're being pointed to it and we're being told to take a lesson from this one in particular who endured. So let me just break out a little bit of a primer on endurance, right? So for those of us who are believers who are struggling in their faith to keep going through their trials, and aren't you glad this isn't the, you're not the first person that feels like that. God, God's pointing us to people who have gone before us. Uh, they're in the Bible. They're, they're, just like, they're just like us, right? They're experiencing things that are hard, that are tempting to quit and not to continue. Right? That's the folks that are there in Hebrews. And so Hebrews 10 verse 36 ends that chapter by saying, you have need of endurance, right? So there are moments in our lives that the Bible's not apologizing for it, and it's, it's informing us that that's going to be the need of the hour, that you're going to travel through places where you're going to need endurance. And I think this is one of those places mm-hmm. for us. And then so immediately after Hebrews 10, verse 36, if you have your Bible, you can kind of glance at this as we travel through it. Then we get chapter 12, right? The great hall of faith. And one person after another who is listed there are people that we know a little bit about. They are people who have been on God's mission in their time frame, and they had need of endurance, right? Great Hall of Fame people like Abraham and Sarah, they, they had to endure something in their life. They traveled through the purposes of God with great difficulty and disruption, and they needed endurance, and they needed faith. You know, people like Moses are mentioned there. Rahab is mentioned there. So listen, so we're not the first ones and God is so gracious to point out to us in Hebrews chapter 11 that this is, this is part of the normal broken world 
where God's purposes are still taking place. God raises up people and he puts them into his purposes and we travel through some difficult moments. So, so listen, that's true in Hebrews chapter 11. That's what the need was in Hebrews chapter 10. And then we get to Hebrews chapter 12 and we're introduced to a thought that sounds like this. Hey, all right, so let us likewise run the various races God has given to us with endurance, right? And that endurance word is going to be an important word for us to understand, but, but we're all, we're all running a race. We're not running identical races. We're all running the race. that's going to end with the same goal. We want to bring glory to our creator and God has established unique ways for us to travel a course where he's going to tell a story through that course, through every step that we take on this journey, as we run the race, that's going to bring glory to his name. So listen, we can't lose sight of that. I've got to maintain an awareness every day that that right now I'm not living in some random event that just happened by accident and who knows what good could ever come from this and is there any kind of really solid purpose available in this? Uh, That's not how God operates. God has strategically set before us a race that he has called us to run. And apparently this is not a sprint. You know, I know the sprinters get all the the big fame, right? If you watch the Olympics, the sprinters were the guys we were paying attention to. Those dudes train and train and train. But let's face it, they run for about 11 seconds and then they're done. And they ran really, really, really hard and they expended a huge amount of energy. Uh, But they're done and then they go do some interviews and, and life's a little easy in between. But, you know, a marathon, a long distance runner, he's working through some different things. He's going to be doing this task of running the race for a long time. And along the way, he's going to experience some things that the sprinters don't experience, right? At some point, marathon runners and long distance runners, they, they bump into moments where they have great cramps that, that they've got to work through. If they want to finish the race, they've got to work through severe pain of cramps that they got in their side or in their legs. Uh, there's sheer exhaustion that's going to set in at some point when you run a long race. At some point, you just feel like you're having an out-of-body experience. If you've ever been in a marathon, if you run a long distance, you know at some point you just feel like you're just sort of out of your body, but yet you keep telling your body, keep going, keep going, because that prize matters and you want to finish this race. And so you fight your way through exhaustion. So listen, that's the scenario in Hebrews chapter 12, we're being introduced to a purpose of God in our lives that requires endurance because it's not a short thing. It's not a sprint. It's not going to be over with quickly. And we are bent on reaching the goal, right? And that, that endurance, it, it's a tough thing for us. I mean, as I said a couple of weeks ago in the message, uh, you like me, I know I've been raised on American prosperity, right? You know, we, we tend to have resources available to us. If something gets really hard or we just anticipate that it might be hard a little bit down the road here in our race, you know, we've got resources, right? We, we know people, we've got money, we could take out a loan. We could change the race. We could make the race go in a different direction. We could shorten it. We could just make it easier, but that's not this kind of race, right? And, and I know we can spend a lot of energy trying to fix the things that are on the surface of our lives using our American prosperity. But but listen, when God raises up a purpose in our lives, uh, there's no shortcuts. Uh, there's no quick way around it. 
And so we've got to hear that because my default setting is, how can I make this situation go away as fast as possible? Who do I know? What can I do? And yet sometimes what God is doing is much deeper than that. He's at work behind the scenes and what he's doing is going to require endurance. And that word endurance uh, that describes Jesus endured, it's, it's a word for staying in one place. It's a word for hanging in there. And so there are things that God is doing. Like Jesus set his face like a flint to go to the cross and he endured everything along the way. And we can remember the list of what was like to be the son of God in human form walking on this earth and then walking the road right to the cross with all the shame and with all the sin that was going to be laid upon him that was not his, but it was ours. Well, there was this ingredient that Jesus needed to complete that task, and it's called endurance. And so we are being told to look to him who endured and to take a lesson from him. And then, But I want us to see something else, that behind the scenes, this word endurance is a strategic word. It's a word where God, when he speaks about it, he's revealing this beneficial impact, this needed impact in our lives, right? So we, we, we learned something from like James chapter one. I woke up one morning this week just and got around the Bible and just did some meditation on this word. We had a little family time together before we headed back to New Orleans and faced just the mess that we were gonna be facing. We, we just spent some time just talking through James chapter one, verse two, crammed into our hotel room in evacuation. It says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Same word that's there in Hebrews. Some of your translations say steadfastness. And then it says this, and let endurance have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I, I, I love the way this verse is built. I love the way God brings it up. This, for me, this is an insight verse. This is God taking us behind the scenes and telling us that, hey, you might not be aware of this, or, or maybe you never understood this. Or maybe you're looking right past the value of this moment. But can I take you behind the scenes here? Can I introduce you to the value of this thing called steadfastness or endurance in your life? It's doing something, right? It's, it's doing something to your faith. And it's having its full effect if you let it, right? Let endurance have its full effect so that you can get the benefit that's described here, that you could be perfect. And that word's a, a word for mature, complete, lacking in nothing. Listen, how many of us are walking through life just feeling like we're just lacking something? I mean, a lot of times I just, I just look at myself and say, Keith, what kind of Christian are you, man? Grow up already. There's just so much about me that's just unimpressive. And I just know I need transformation. I know I need growth. Well, how's that going to come? Well, you know, according to God in these verses, uh, God's at work in these kinds of moments, moments that require endurance, bring the work of endurance into our lives and they, they affect us. They bring about a full effect. They bring about perfection or maturing or completion in our lives. And so, you know, all those times where I've sat back and I've said, God, I want my faith to be more mature. I want it to be more uh, 
more perfected, more complete in what you had in mind than where it is right now in my life. And so God takes me behind the scenes in this verse and he says, well, Keith, this is how I do that. I orchestrate events in life that require endurance and then endurance goes to work in your life and it completes things. It brings your faith to another level. Uh, it's a powerful thing. First Peter breaks out the same concept in a powerful way. It says it this way. First Peter chapter one, hope you got your Bible there. You can open up and look real quick. First Peter chapter one, verse six through verse nine says this. In this you rejoice. So Paul, James introduced us to joy. Peter's introducing us to rejoicing. Got to be honest, I, I'm, I'm lacking in both categories right now. So I'm, I'm needing these guys. I need to hang out with James and to hang out with Peter. Let them give me some counsel. Help me right now with joy and rejoicing. Peter says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, listen to that, Right now, though, for a little while. So right now you're in this race that's got a little while feature to it. This is going to be going on for a little while. This is an important thing to understand, right? This is not permanent, but it is something to be endured because it's got some length to it. It's going to go on for a little while. So I can't take that shortcut. I can't get rid of it quickly. In God's purpose, uh, this is going to be a little while. So in this you rejoice, though, even though now for a little while, then it says this, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. If necessary, right? This is a strategic word. This is God pointing out that there's purposes playing in the background. And some of those purposes have necessity. Certain things need to happen for God's purposes to get accomplished. So do you hear the strategy in this? Do you hear God taking us behind the scenes and saying, Keith, I know this is a hurricane. I know your house is damaged. I know you got all kinds of questions for what to do with your family, where to put them, how long is this going to last? Uh, a gazillion questions, but that's not all that's going on. There is a purpose in God that's playing out behind the scenes. It's going to be for a little while, and apparently it's necessary. And yes, I do feel grieved by various trials. So I appreciate Peter pulling alongside me and saying, hey man, rejoice, even though right now you're feeling grieved by the various trials. So listen, every one of us right now who's feeling grieved by the various trials, go to 1 Peter chapter 1, read verse 6, you're in the Bible. <laughs> that is in the Bible, being grieved by various trials. Doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Peter's writing to Christians. He knows that sometimes you're going to be doing life. You're going to take a turn on the race that God has set before you. And what you encounter is going to be a grief to you. All right. You're not out of bounds. It's not that you don't love God. You're not a second rate Christian. You haven't turned in your faith somewhere. Peter's helping us because he knows that's what life is going to be, right? Right. So he says, all right, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Then verse seven, so that there's a purpose, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, listen, so that's what's coming. There's a so that here. It's necessary so that something else can happen. What's that other thing that can happen? Praise and glory and honor can take place at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen, I believe God wants to be uniquely revealed in every one of our races that we're running. And Jesus wants to be revealed in this race we're running right now. 
in a way that's going to bring praise and glory and honor to his name. So that, that's a strategy that's here. And listen, I know the highest calling of my life. It's not for temporary things, although God blesses us with temporary things. It's not for the comforts and, con- and conveniences that we've had, though God blesses us with that. God's not against any of these things. But the greatest calling of our lives is that our lives might bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ gets revealed through us. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7, that's powerful. Then verse 8 says this, Though you do not see him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and you rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory. Verse 9, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Man, I wish I could spend more time in that verse. That's a big verse, super important. This is a necessary trial for us. God is at work in it. It is testing our faith so that we can obtain the outcome of our faith, the salvation of your souls. Right. This is God's mean of stepping in so that at the moment in which the salvation of our souls, and I believe that that's, that's a reference to the end of our lives when we stand before God and we, we are translated into his kingdom in heaven, the, that's the outcome that ultimately we're after. Well, you know, our faith has to get us there. Our faith has to not just get us through today. It's got to get us there. It's got to take us all the way to the end of the race If you quit along the way in the race, then you're not a race completer. You're not crossing the finish line. So God is interested in a faith that takes us to the end. And sometimes our faith needs a little booster shot, right? It it needs to, to get jazzed up by something that God injects. And it's moments like these where God's injecting. I hope I don't offend some of you guys. God's injecting a booster vaccine, if you will. God's extending the strength of our faith by injecting something through endurance, that's going to cause us to make it all the way to the end. Boy, that's big, and that's important. So listen, this is a massively helpful insight for those moments where you and I are asking that why question, right? Go back and look at 1 Peter chapter 1. There's a lot of answers to why right in there. And for a people in a pandemic season, we've lived through a polarizing season, and now we're facing a devastating hurricane and plus, many of us have already faced this type of devastation once in our lives, right? Can you imagine how easy it is for all of us who have been through Katrina to say, Lord, why? Why another? Why round two? Why are we here again? And, and if you're human, that why question is an inevitable question at some point in your life. Uh, don't be so spiritual that you don't think that your humanity can't reach a point where it just feels like it's broken. It's going to say, why? I just don't think I can do this. You know, that why moment reveals our limitations. That's just what it's doing. We're, we're limited creatures and we feel like we've reached the end and we've exhausted our ability in this fallen world to make sense of what's going on around us. Uh, listen, um, this world is full of surprises. It's broken and it's full of surprises that, that, that don't look good And they aren't good. Can I just tell you that? They're not good, apart from God intervening in them. Did you catch that? Remember, some things aren't good. You don't need to label a hurricane good. That hurricane is not good until God intervenes in it and does something miraculous and good through it. Remember, when God called the earth and creation good, it was before the fall of man. And the presence of sin had invaded this place. So when you look around and you see suffering 
and pain and tragedy and grief and death and destruction. You're not looking at something that's inherently good. We're, we're hearing the groans of creation that are awaiting a great day of rescue, but they're waiting for that day. Right? Remember Romans chapter 8. We'll give you one more verse here to meditate on. Romans chapter 8. You got a Bible? Turn there real quickly. Let's consider. This is just powerful. And this is another answer to why. This is sustaining us in the middle of an event that, that feels random, but it's not random. It's not a random event for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And the following verses says this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Right? The sufferings of this present time, the Bible's not caught off guard by the moment that we're facing. Suffering is acknowledged. Suffering is spoken about. So we are warned about suffering. We are told about suffering. We are taught how to engage and walk through suffering. So this moment, it, it is confusing to us. It's overwhelming to us, but it's not a surprise in the Bible. And that's helpful for me. It helps me know I'm not out of bounds, right? So verse 19, chapter 8. It says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. All right, so the, the creation, the whole uh, place in which we live, the whole world that we touch and interact with, this creation is waiting for something. So there's an endurance moment, right? When you've got to wait for something, you have to endure. So creation, all of creation is waiting and it's longing. It wants something else than what it's got. And the reason why it's in that condition is not random. It's not a random reason. Verse 20 says, because creation was subjected to futility by God himself. God did the subjecting. So God is in control of what looks like something that's out of control and he's working in this moment to take the creation and to make it long for something else. Right? So he subjected it to futility in hope, then verse 21, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. All right, so we endure because there's something to be obtained. We endure in this moment because there's a bondage of corruption to escape. So listen, this endurance is doing something behind the scenes in these categories. Creation needs to be set free from its bondage to corruption. Well, we're part of the creation. We need that as well. And it needs to obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. And so in, we endure so that we can obtain something. So this isn't random and meaningless. We're obtaining something through what we're going through. And then verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, right? So there are groanings. Hurricane Ida was a groaning, right? It's, it's the next updated edition of the groanings of childbirth. And then verse 23, not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, right? Not talking about Christians, you and me. So we don't need to try and make sense of this. Why does this happen to, to bad people, good people, lost people, saved people? Well, in this verse, we get some insight here, right? Not only the creation, but we ourselves, 
verse 23, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We groan inwardly as we endure. That's what this is saying, right? As we wait eagerly for adoption, we're going to endure something. We're going to run the race till we get to that point. But along the way, we're going to groan inwardly. So listen, if you're groaning inwardly, if you're feeling the weight of this moment, the Bible's describing you. You're you're not out of bounds. But you need to see the other things that are going on behind the scenes in this moment. See, this is the, this is the place where that, that verse is quoted that we love and we should love and we need it right now. Romans 8, 28. This is where it comes from. This is the context. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We need to quote that verse to us a lot. But look at the context, man. Go back and look at chapter 8 of Romans. God is at work intentionally. This is not random. This is God at work in us, right? So listen, we find ourselves in a moment labeled Hurricane Ida, right? The latest edition of Earth's groanings. That's longing for this chapter of human fallenness to come to an end. And and we say amen to that, don't we? Uh, And listen, I'm not a fan of suffering. I, I, I don't enjoy loss of loved ones. I struggle to watch people I love face loss and forgo dreams and, and have to pick up the pieces of their lives. But, but listen, where I find rescue in this moment is when I factor in that God is at work behind the scenes. I can't see behind the scenes often, but he is at work behind the scenes. Yes, there are groanings, but those groanings are at work for something good behind the scenes. Yes, there is suffering But there is a work behind the scenes that's taking place that's going to have an impact on our faith that gets us all the way to the end. There is endurance in these moments. And that endurance is divinely designed to accomplish something valuable, something that completes us and and perfects us and matures us in our lives. So so we we don't rejoice in these difficult chapters in and of themselves. You'd be an imbecile to be rejoicing over a hurricane. No, no. Our rejoicing comes when we look behind the scenes and we recognize and we believe that God is at work behind these scenes. Hey, hey personally, I, I get the person who's staring at their life like a deer in the headlights. Really, I, I really do get that. I have adult and younger children whose, whose lives are filled with needs right now. I, I face many unknowns about the future of my own home. Uh, looks like we won't be getting power out here in uh, St. Charles Parish uh, until the end of September. Uh, it's unfathomable. Uh, we're in a region in crisis. We have so many folks in the church that are facing a need right now. It, it just simply feels overwhelming. And then can you guys remember, we were in a national pandemic before all this happened. I know we've forgotten about all that. Who cares who's breathing on who at this point? Uh, but, but that's the situation that we find ourselves in. And, and this is a, a highlighted moment of suffering. And, and I, think, I think a helpful illustration, I'll close with this, a helpful illustration uh, to take us behind the scenes uh, comes a little bit from understanding our immune system. I know we're all staring at immune systems, or at least we were uh, back a few weeks ago when the Delta variant was on the loose. Uh, but, but here's what's happening with our immune system. I think it fits this moment. I think it's a description of what's taking place in this endurance, in this Romans 8 setting. All right, so a few weeks back, I had COVID. You know, the first several days, it was pretty bad. 
Uh, in that moment, there was just high fever, aches, headaches, body ache, chills, sweats. Uh, all that was happening because my immune system was busy at work. It was rising up against this viral invasion. Something was invading that wanted to destroy and do harm. And, and my immune system was rising to the occasion. It, w- it was going into another gear. And my T cells and my B cells and my antibodies were waging war on the presence of COVID in my body. They were on a search and destroy mission to rid my body of this destructive invader. I don't know if you know this, but all those chills and that fever and those aches, uh, that's not COVID causing that. That's, that's your immune system kicking into gear, going into hyperdrive. Uh, that's the experience you have when your immune system is doing its work. Listen, I felt bad, but something good was happening in that moment behind the scenes, right? On the other side of this moment, my immune system was getting strengthened and stronger and running something off and chasing something out of my life. It was making me healthier, but it was making me feel miserable while it was doing it. But on the other side of that, I have a stronger immune system. Uh, I've got more strength to fight the COVID type things of this world, right? So, so that, that's, that's what enduring is doing in our life, right? God is providing grace into our faith system. If we've got an immune system in our bodies, we've got a faith system in, in the immaterial part of us to wage war and to protect us from the invading virus of unbelief. Listen, unbelief belief has got a Delta variant and an Omega variant and a Zeta variant. It just keeps coming at us with a new variant and it wants to wants us to catch that latest variant. So unbelief is going to be back and our, and our immune system, our faith system is getting built up in these moments of endurance so that we can fight off these viral infections for the rest of our lives and we can obtain the promises that God has for us and we can get all the way to the end. Listen, this is God's divine strategy for trials, for suffering, and for endurance. So listen, I just got to say... Um, you know, we come to this moment, and I think God was preparing us by attaching that word to our lives. We have need of endurance. And so um, I hear my generator about to run out outside. Uh, there's no way for us to fully remove the sting of these moments that give birth to, to the question of why. If you're asking that question, it's okay. Uh, but, but what God is doing in this moment, remember some things. This is not a random event. This didn't just happen and who who was in charge. No, no, no. God is controlling the details. God is the one who subjects his creation to futility. Big and the small, God is in control. And he's explaining to us, his people, he gives us his word. And he explains to us that there's some meaningful things going on right now. It's not random, it's meaningful. He explains that these are necessary moments for him to accomplish in us his greater work. And he tells us that these are temporary. These are temporary things in our lives for a while. And they're temporary, obviously, in light of eternity. These are not eternal things. These are temporary things. God is in control of them. And he is at work in us. So can I just install some hyper thoughts in your mind? Run away from the idea that this is a random event. And run toward the God who's in control of everything in our lives. Look behind the scenes 
And if you can't see behind the scenes because there's a tree falling on your house or your roof is leaking or you have no idea how you're going to repair all this and get back to normal, be reminded God is at work behind the scenes. And sometimes he explains some of that to us and sometimes he doesn't tell us in great detail, but he is still at work behind the scenes. Whether you and I can see all that he's doing, he has purposes that he is working, he is faithful, and he is fulfilling right now. So listen, that's how I'm praying for you. That's how I'm praying for me and my own family right now. Uh, Please remember to to be praying for our church. These are trying times. Uh, There are a lot of temptations. Lord, thank you for writing the letter to the Hebrews. Uh, They were going through something that was, was tempting them to quit. We needed exactly what you said for them. Spend some time reading chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12, and let let God just begin to speak to you in this moment that we're in. I'm going to give us another message from from that uh, section of the scriptures next week. Uh, We love you. We are praying for you. Thank you so much for the prayers that that you've been praying for me and for the elders and for the staff and just for the other members of our church. Uh, God's at work and he's going to accomplish some things behind the scenes that are just going to be amazing to us. We, we need what he's doing, not an option. Uh, we're not looking for a shortcut, right? We want to endure and get from this all that God has for us. Um, so I say that with my heart full of faith for, for you guys and all that God has for you. Let me pray for you, and we're going to close our time today, and this will be our, our service for Sunday. Thanks so much for, for listening. Lord, I know you're watching over every person who can hear this. Lord, I thank you for friends who are, are, are tuning into this recording on our website, or they've got a friend that, that this got passed along to them uh, during this season. God, there are folks that just need your nearness in their lives. They need to be reminded that you are present and you are not far from them. Lord, they need to be reminded when things look absolutely out of control, uh, we do not live in a random universe. We live in a God ordained, God-planned, God-purposeful activity is taking place in our lives right now. Lord, I know that's true. Lord, help us to cling to you. Help us to see those purposes. Help us to draw near to you and find grace and mercy in our time of need. God, we love you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Love you, Lakeview family. If you need us, please reach out to us. Emails, text, website. Uh, go to the, the app and, and drop a prayer request there and we'll be certainly faithful to pray for you. We love you much. We'll be in touch. Mm.